I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Some of my very favorite stories are when someone takes something that's a big, massive struggle in their life, and they are able to take it, work on it, and transform it into something that they're really passionate about helping other people work through. And today, we are interviewing Camille Lohman, and she is a perfect example of this. Camille is a single mom who is really passionate about raising awareness and helping people through their struggles with mental health. She's very candid and honest about her own personal struggles and is really passionate about using them as a way to identify with people and really to get them the help that they need. A couple months ago, Natalie and I had a conversation about self-care and areas in our life where we felt like we were lacking in it. And we set in place some goals for ourselves in areas that we would like to improve. And if I'm being completely honest, if I were to give myself a letter grade of how well I've been doing, it would probably have to be like a C minus. I really have not done a very good job um, integrating these practices into my life, even though I definitely have a desire to do so. This conversation with Camille has really kind of opened up my eyes to the fact that sometimes pursuing our mental health, self-care, looks a lot like making intentional choices and taking very intentional steps to invest in them. And Camille has come up with a very creative way of meeting this need. I think a lot of us, especially in the current climate of the world, have either experienced issues with mental health, are experiencing them currently, or know someone close to us that is. So I feel like this is a really, really good message. And, you know, we believe in telling people's stories and we believe that people's stories matter. And I think a big part of a lot of our stories is mental health and kind of walking that road. Um, So I'm excited to share what Camille has to offer because I think she's really onto something. Hello, Camille. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you here and we're excited to kind of get a chance to jump in and talk about some pretty cool stuff that you have going on. But before we do that, would you like to give us a little bit of a rundown just on you and your family and kind of um, introduce yourself? So my name is Camille and I am a single mom of an adorable three-year-old named Everett and I work in the event production world but um, just launched my own small business this year called Yellow Project and it's all about mental health and self-care. And I know one thing you have been very open about is your personal struggles with your mental health. And I know with your business, you've been even more open with that. Can you just maybe give us some background to your story of navigating that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I have struggled with various mental health issues for my entire life. Honestly, um, I think back to like third grade, waking up with like terrible stomach aches, so anxious about being late for school or, and these were all things that I put on myself. My parents didn't. And everyone called me dramatic and highly sensitive and overly sensitive. All these things I thought were bad things that were just my anxiety that I hadn't understood and honed yet. And then in high school, I went through some really, really difficult times. Um, disordered eating and a suicide attempt and cutting and depression and anxiety that was so overwhelming to me that I began to repress it. And then in my early 20s, it really came out in other ways and affected my marriage and my relationships. When my, uh, my ex-husband and I, we separated for the first time, I decided to go on my own emotional health journey and I went back to therapy and I got on medication and I really, really wanted to focus on my own mental and emotional health. Um, and it was the best thing I think I could have ever done for myself. I, since then, and since my suicide attempt and, and being able to live now, I want to be a voice for the voices we've lost. Mm -hmm. And I want to fight the stigma of mental health. So other people don't feel alone and without hope like I did for the vast majority of my life, because there's always hope. And telling our stories is such an amazing way to let others know that there is hope and they're not alone because no one's alone. Mm. It's really interesting how you describe, you know, sort of what your anxiety looked like when you were younger and particularly how other people were perceiving it as dramatic as being sensitive. You know, you just grow up with anxiety and you don't know what it is and you just sort of become like accustomed to it just becomes a part of your life the way you process things and you don't uh, it seems like it almost has to get bad before you can really put a label on it and figure out what it is and how to get help for it so I can identify with you on that level because it's just you don't know anything different and you kind of grow up into it and then all of a sudden it kind of just either the circumstances of your life or whatever, it can become like this, this monster that you're kind of having to grapple with. So all of this um, experience that you went through and you said going on your own, your own mental health journey, it's brought you to this thing called the Yellow Project that you have started. Do you want to kind of tell us all about that and um, how you got started with it and really what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2019, so I work in event production and in 2019, I traveled for client events over 120 days. So, wow. yeah, it was too much. <laughs> That's a lot of traveling. <laughs> a lot of traveling, a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of Airbnbs, a lot of flights, rental cars. It was, it was too much. And at the beginning of 2020, um, I had a conversation with my boss and I told him, I can't, I can't do 2019 again. I need mm -hmm. to step back and travel significantly less now. COVID did me a favor and um, I have not traveled once for work. So, which is great. It has given me so much time to launch this passion of mine. And I shared with my boss about this passion. 
And um, it actually began sharing with him about my depression and how my divorce, my separation um, kind of, it, it made my depression worse. And I woke up on my 29th birthday in January feeling like I was in this deep, dark black hole that I could not get out of. And I just wished that something could just show up on my doorstep to remind me that everything will be okay and remind me that I'm not alone and remind me to take care of myself. Because when you have depression and when you're a mom, like those two things combined, like you can't, you don't, you don't, you can't take care of yourself. You don't, that's not the first thing or even the 10th thing on your mind. So I was like, okay, so how can I take this passion? How can I take this, what I'm going through and make it into a business? So I did a lot of market research to see what was out there and I couldn't find anything that had to do with self-care in a really holistic, intentional way because I wanted something that not only focused on my physical self-care, I wanted something that was more than just about relaxation. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that focused on physical, emotional, and mental self-care. So um, I decided to make it myself and start a subscription box company. And that's what it started as. Um, so every box includes items that support your mental, emotional, and physical self-care. Um, it's a monthly subscription. You can also, there's also one-time options and I am launching a lot more in the next month because I want Yellow Project to be more than just just a subscription box company. I want it to be a movement that mm -hmm. focuses on fighting the stigma of mental health, normalizing emotions, and especially targeting the importance of intentional self-care. Mm. I love that you have these resources that you're compiling and you're making available because it's even a great way for someone else to love on someone going through some kind of hard season or mental health battle. I know for me personally, I have a dear friend that's just really in the thick of it right now. And it's so neat because you're right, like it would be awesome for her just to open up her door and have this sweet gift waiting for her totally, you know, unexpected and have the yellow project be able to send a box and it makes it easier for other people to kind of have those resources and feel like they know that there's good quality, you know, fun, uplifting box coming their way when they might be going through something. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've always had that in mind as well. It's not just for yourself, but it's, I think it's really hard to know how to take care of others when they're going through mm -hmm. something. I think mental health is, and grief is really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I know that fighting the stigma of mental health is going to take a lifetime. And um, I want to provide opportunity for people who that may make them feel uncomfortable or they don't know how to help a grieving or mourning or um, um, a struggling friend. I'm working on a grief and loss box right now, actually, because so we send flowers to people when someone's passed away and there's nothing really out there to help support a friend who's going through a divorce and any, any type of loss mm -hmm. needs to be grieved. So I'm working on um, a box 
for children grieving for a loss of a pet, a loss of a loved one, as well as um, helping support a friend who might be going through a separation or divorce. That's so fascinating. So like what kind of components would go into a box that's for like children that are grieving? What would that look like? Uh, Yeah. So um, I'm working on partnering with a a therapist and a psychologist who um, specialize in children therapy and and children's mental health. Mm -hmm. And um, there are books and resources that I think aren't really widely talked about that talk about emotion and the importance of the variety of emotions and um, sensory items that can help a child calm and help a child kind of focus to the point where um, you can have conversations with them. I want to develop resources that can help parents talk to children about difficult things, including divorce and death. So definitely still in the works, but as a mom who has gone through a divorce and doesn't really know how to tell a toddler why, uh, why like mommy and daddy don't live together anymore, I know that so many people are going through that as well and mm-hmm. um, I want to create those resources. So you've used the word intentionality a couple times um, and we're all about that here. It's one of the main things that we kind of like to talk about and dive into. So how do you feel like intentional, intentionality plays into pursuing mental health? What are common areas in which you feel people overcomplicate the process of self-care? Yes. So I, I think so often our culture focuses on using self-care as a way to mask our stressors rather than a way to help identify what is going on within us and why the self-care is important. So there's online shopping and pedicures and a face mask and bubble baths. All these things are so great, but the intentionality behind it is the importance of it. So, okay, you get home from a really stressful day of work and you're just like, I just need to decompress. I just need a glass of wine and a bath. Like, okay, why is that? Let's dig a little deeper. A bath is great. Relaxation is really great and gets you the point get you to the point where you can really focus on what's going on. So it's, it's the mindset behind the actual action. Mm-hmm. And then I think on the opposite spectrum, people are like, okay, to, for self-care, every morning I need to go on a walk, do yoga, write in my journal. And then on Wednesdays, I need to make sure that I do this. And they're making this routine based on what they see and hear, again, within our culture and on Instagram of things we just have to do that are part of self-care. And it's so important to note that every person is different and every person's needs are different and every season of life is also different. So what you may need during COVID is completely different than what you may need after having a baby or what you may need um, on just like an, an average day. So I try and share with friends and, and remind myself to ask yourself a few questions each day. How am I feeling? How am I truly feeling? And what do I need today? Because every day might be different. Every moment of the day might be different. I mean, there are days that I wake up and I'm like, this is a good day. this is an awesome day. And then my toddler has a meltdown because I took the cheese stick out of the wrapper and that makes me have a meltdown with him. I'm like, what do I need right now? Okay. We both, we both just need to take a deep breath together. Mm -hmm. 
I just need to turn on a show for my kid and I need to go upstairs and eat some Oreos. That is self-care. Mm. It is ensuring that you are taking care of your needs at the moment and prioritizing that so you can be fueled to take care of the things that you need to take care of, like work and your children. So it's kind of like stripping it back to the in-the-moment needs. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, not like just putting a formula on it, like, oh, well, I need to work out more or, oh, I need to, you know, um, have more me time. It's really just kind of what the moment is requiring, which that's a really interesting way to think about it. Yeah. And I think there's, it, there's also a lot to say about having a routine with your self-care, but giving yourself grace if you don't necessarily yeah. have like, time for it. Like I love journaling, but mornings are not my thing always. So if I set a goal, cause it's really great to set self-care goals, um, mental, emotional, and physical, having a, having goals for all three of those. So I have a goal right now to journal in the morning and at night and, but giving my grace, giving myself grace on days where I wake up late mm-hmm. and maybe all I get journaled in is I woke up late <laughs> because I got some sleep and I feel a little bit more rested. Mm-hmm. And then at night, maybe I don't get to journaling that night because I, you know, I, I wanted to watch the next episode of a show I'm watching and that's self-care. So it's really great to have a routine without stressing yourself out to the point where your self-care regimen, your self-care mm-hmm. tool then make you stressed out because I think that's like overcomplicating it to that point. There's, it, it defeats the purpose of the self-care. Yeah. And I feel like if you're not careful, that can spin you even deeper down because you just feel like, oh my gosh, I can't even like hit these goals. I'm just a failure. And then it's just like this terrible, like downward trend. So you really do have to have that like balance. Yeah, absolutely. I saw, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but I saw this like 75 days to, of hard and everyone's doing like this 75 days of like drinking a gallon of water a day know this, know that you have to work out every single day, twice, like all these things. And if you, and if you miss something on one day, you start all over. And I would just sat there like, that's so stressful. That's not taking care of your body to move your body. We should be moving our body every single day. Even if it's just walking down to the mailbox, like that is really important, but you need to make sure that you are doing what you need for your personal body. Yeah. And like one thing that I've noticed lately for myself is like, I'll put, I'll have goals for myself for like exercise and I'll be like doing really well. I'll be running two miles, no sweat, feeling really good about it. And then like the next day I can't even do a mile and I get frustrated. Mm -hmm. But then I realize like hormonally, I don't have like, I don't have the actual energy to do that. And I need to give myself grace that it's like, yeah, my body's got a lot of stuff going on too that doesn't necessarily match up with my quote unquote goals. It's just as important to be kind to yourself as it is to be kind to others. And I think it's so hard for us to remember that we need to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. I love that. So as someone who's passionate about ending the stigma surrounding mental health while also being a Christian, how do you feel like the church has hindered people who are really struggling? And I guess, what would you like to see changed? Yeah, this is a really interesting question for me because I do think that there's a lot of focus within the church of, oh, if if you're anxious or if you're depressed, that means you're not praying enough. 
Mm-hmm. Or that means that you're not a good enough Christian, or that means that, you know, you're just not relying on God fully. And that, especially as a 15 year old, which was the hardest year of my life with my mental health, that just put a lot of shame on me mm-hmm. instead of being able to go to these really amazing accountability people or mentors to help me through my struggles, I was told that I wasn't doing well enough. And that's already what I was focused. It's already what I was struggling with was that I wasn't Mm -hmm. good enough and I wasn't doing well enough and there was no hope. I think it's really beautiful to remember that Jesus is emotionally multifaceted. Like Jesus wept and Jesus cared for so many people. Jesus has so much empathy. I mean, if any, any story in the new Testament, like there is so many examples of Jesus being empathetic. And, um, I think within the church, we kind of forget about that empathy because Mm -hmm. we're so focused on law and truth. And I think that, uh, with, Logic and law and truth are so important, but without compassion and empathy and love, then we have nothing because mm-hmm. God was all of those things and the church needs to be all of those things as well. My hope and my prayer for the church is that there are more um, conversations about mental health that don't shame, mm-hmm. especially in like youth groups, especially with teenagers who are going through changes. And, and I mean, hormones affect your mental health because it affects your emotions. I think there should be conversations. Um, yeah. In, in youth pastors should, should be talking about it more pastors at the pulpit. They should be talking about it more. We need to, um, be using as a, people of authority within the church need to make it something that's important and not guilt or shame mm. more than just support in a small group or a, an opportunity to volunteer with an organization that supports mental health. I think if we, I say all the time that if, um, if we, as, as our generation are talking to our children about emotion and empathy, our children can like change the world. Yes. And I think, I think so much of it um, can start in the church because church is already known for being compassionate and this and that, but within the church, I think it's, 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 it's ignored too much for the actual like attendees of church. Well, and the church should be a place that people go to for help with those things, mm-hmm. with those struggles, not a place that people feel ashamed of having struggles. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that we kind of have that flipped um, and like you said, I think if we can raise our children to be able to identify um, that this feeling that you're feeling is anxiety and it's okay, but you know, we're, we're going to help you. I'm going to help you walk through this and we're going to get you the help that you need, um, yeah. Yeah. which sometimes is medication. Sometimes it's counseling. You know, I think, like you said, if we can really um, instill that in the next generation, I think the church can come out so much stronger, like to champion for people that are struggling. So one question that we really like to ask everyone that we have on our show is what is something in your life that you are simplifying right now? That is a really good question. I think that, I think that COVID has 
really helped me simplify because in 2019, I went from traveling 120 plus days a year to, um, I I was working 50 to 80 hours a week minimum during busy season. And, um, all of my focus was on work and, um, it's been a really great opportunity to, to use this year where everything kind of stopped to figure out what, what's important. And, um, I think what I've really loved to simplify is just my, like my general daily routine and stopping to smell the roses, like getting down on my hands and knees with my kid when he finds a bug. Like that's one of my favorite things when he's just so amazed by it. So not, mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm trying intentionally to not be focused on productivity in what the world views as productivity and finding within myself what productivity actually means. And some days productivity means getting down on the ground and looking at a bug with my kid because he's so amazed by it. So I'm simplifying. Yeah. So I'm simplifying just my daily, my daily needs and my daily uh, routine. That's awesome. I feel like a lot of people have been working through that with 2020. Like there's been a lot of bad in 2020, but that is one really good thing that's come mm-hmm. from it is that it's kind of forced us to really re- yeah evaluate everything. (laughs) So another question we love to ask is what's something you are loving? It can be anything and everything. I, if you asked me that question a year ago, I would be like work. I just love work. Mm. And then again, Mm. COVID. And also my divorce has, has forced me to find what I actually enjoy. I started dancing again for the first time in like seven, eight years. And I found a studio and, um, it's like a beautiful, like emotional release. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's like therapy beyond my normal weekly therapy. That's so fun. I know one thing I've been loving just chatting with you right now, and you can, some people might like hear it in the background a little bit is you just got an adorable little kitten. (laughs) It's like the sweetest you've been posting pictures and I can see every now and then I'm like, Oh my goodness. So fun. I used to be allergic to cats and then I had my son and then I was no longer allergic to cats anymore. And, um, my son and I just moved, I just bought a house and we, we moved and I was like, I think, I think we need to get a pet for like my, my son and I, cause I have a dog, mm-hmm. my dog that I had, um, years ago and Everett, he, uh, my son, he's three and he wanted a cat and wanted to name it pickles. We don't know why <laughs> three-year-olds do certain things, but yes, I have a cute little eight week old kitten named pickles and he is definitely a joy and something I'm enjoying in my life right now. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for not only taking the time, but just being willing to navigate through some of this hard, uncomfortable conversations that I do think a lot of people, like you said, are either scared to have, or they just don't even know how to have. And we just really appreciate you giving a voice to it and pursuing your passion and starting the yellow project and just, you know, compiling all of these resources for people um, that are either going through it currently or trying to support someone in it right now. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for opening uh, up this conversation and providing a platform 
to even be able to share my story and talk about these important things. I hope you enjoyed hearing Camille share more of her heart in the Mission of Yellow project. It has been inspiring to hear how her own story became her passion, which has now turned into a business and resource for others as they work through navigating mental health challenges. Personally, I jotted down the two simple questions Camille personally uses as she checks in with her own mental health. The first one being, how am I truly feeling? And the second one being, what am I needing today? I really appreciate how straightforward these questions are and how they intentionally cause you to strip it back to what your current situation is requiring. If you haven't already, I challenge you to set some goals for your mental health, but most importantly, to show yourself grace on the hard days. Remember, his mercies are new every morning. We hope today's episode was an encouragement and a breath of fresh air for those who are currently struggling or for those supporting someone through grief or their own mental health battles. Please know that you are not alone. You can learn more about Yellow Project and order a subscription box using the link in our show notes. I am excited to see what the future holds for Yellow Project.